All right, welcome to another one of our midweek podcast episodes. Uh, if you haven't joined us before, this is something we've started doing every few months or so, usually at the end of a series, try to throw in some things that maybe didn't end up as uh, part of one of the talks or just got cut for time or just didn't want to extend the series any longer for um, uh, for the content that was there. And um, if we haven't met, my name is Justin Powell. I'm the lead pastor here at Fieldstone. It's just me today. Joe is out preparing for uh, his student ministry stuff for the week, and so I'm going to jump in solo for this particular episode. And um, if you haven't been with us a few weeks ago, we did a couple week series just reminding our church, reminding ourselves, reminding me uh, of what it is that we're here for. Talked about our church's mission and and the great commandment and the great commission, all those different things and how they mesh together. Uh, it's something we like to do a couple times a year just to revisit some of the core ideas of what makes Fieldstone Fieldstone. You know what I mean? We 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 obviously exist for a reason, and in the midst of everything else going on, everything else that we preach about, all the other ministry things that we do, we don't want our church to forget why it is that we exist. We, we want our decisions, we want our investments, we want our yeses and we want our noes. We want all of those things to be filtered through our mission and the things that define us. And it's easy to forget. We get caught up in the emotions and the ebbs and flows of a busy schedule. And it's this happens to people. This happens to organizations of all shapes and sizes. It happens to faith-based groups and secular groups. This is something uh, very familiar to all of us in, in our different areas of life. And so we, we just want to remind ourselves why we exist. But we also, uh, for there's a second reason why we come back to this quite a bit. It's because we are unique as a church and we want to be very clear about who we are, who God has wired this church to be, who God has wired our leadership to be, what direction he's pushed us. And we get people visiting new from all the time, from from all kinds of different church backgrounds. We get people coming from places, uh, they've been at other churches for years maybe, and maybe they don't know anything different than the church that they grew up in and have attended for years, maybe even decades. We get people coming from a background of hurt. Maybe they've been a part of churches where there was a, mo- a moral failure in leadership. Maybe there was poor theology starting to creep in. Maybe messy relationships. Maybe they discovered that the church, uh, in a real or perceived way, didn't care about them, didn't care about their family or their specific season of life. Um, and we get people coming from little or no church background at all, and they're saying, hey, what, what even is this? How, how does this all work? What, what does it mean to go to a church, to attend a church, to be a part of a church family. And so we we just take a chance to just be clear, hey, here's what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, and here's what it means to be a part of our local, unique uh, church family here at Fieldstone Church in Milan, Michigan. And so that, that's uh, what we like to do. Usually August-ish we'll hit it, uh, August, September, January, February, somewhere there, just to remind. And uh, and if, you, if you're newer to Fieldstone, you're kind of catching up on who we are, um, our mission is to transform family trees with the gospel. It's a big deal to us. Uh, if you want more on that, you'll have to listen to some past talks because we're not going to get into all that today. I'll recommend a few at the end of this um, this episode. So uh, today is uh, a little bit different. We, we've talked about mission quite a bit. Uh, today I want to talk about values. W- what about values? A few years ago, maybe a, a six to eight months before COVID hit, um, just like our mission is unique to us as a church, we wanted to ask the question, what are we known for? Not just any church, right? Not, what, not what's every church known for. What about us? What, what is Fieldstone 
known for? What's unique about us? Because we have, if, if you walk into Fieldstone, we have greeters like everybody else, and we have coffee like everybody else. I've heard that our coffee is on the better end, so that's a positive thing, I guess. I'm not a coffee drinker myself. If you see me with a cup of coffee, it's either water or hot chocolate, and I am faking it hardcore, okay? I'm just trying to fit in. Right, we we never we never lose that aspect of our personality that just wants to blend in. Right, so uh, if, if you see me, I'm faking it. But we got coffee. We have singing, like every church. We have announcements. We have a sermon, like everybody else has. We have, I mean, kids ministry and student ministry. Those are not unique in 21st century churches. We we offer retreats. We, we try to go on missions trips. Right, we, but what's unique about our church? And this. When it came to our values, the things that, that we believe define us as a church beyond our mission, um, we wanted it to be beyond typical church things, right? For example, if, if I were to ask you, what do you love about your wife? What do you love about your You're, you're not going to say, man, I just love that my wife is female and she's got a heartbeat and uh, she takes uh, a breath every three and a half to four seconds. Right? Uh, uh, of course you do. Bro, your wife is female. Congratulations. Bro, your wife has a heartbeat. Congra- like, so, so when you throw that into church values, we wanted it to be, on, be beyond some of those obvious things, right? If prayer isn't a value, are we even a church, right? If, if generosity isn't a value, what are we even doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, those are things that, that those should define every local body of Christ, every local expression of the body, every every church. So I'm, I'm talking about beyond the basic DNA of being simply part of the body of Christ. What do we value here at Fieldstone? And we actually, um, Joe and I, we sat down with a guy named Bill Holbrook. And if you don't know Bill, uh, Bill is a friend of ours. He's a mentor. He, he was a boss in a past life. He's been a pastor, a consultant, um, and within our Fieldstone structure, he's one of our overseers, which is another thing we don't have time to get into right now. Um, and so he's obviously, he's, he's connected with us. He, he cares about our church and all those different things. And, um, and he asked a couple, he asked this from a couple different angles when it came to defining our values as a church. Um, he said, what are you now? We talk through some of the good, bad, and the ugly. Mostly, what are the really positive things that come naturally to our church? based on leadership, right? That's me, other staff, key leaders, based on our people. What are, what are some of the gifts and talents within our church? What are the interests? What are the personalities? What are the experiences that the people of our church have? What are you now? And add on top of that, what do you want to be? Because it's going to be a marriage of those two things, right? What are you, what do you want to be known for? What are, what are you known for now? that you want to continue being known for, and what do you want to be known for? And maybe maybe it's something that doesn't come as naturally. Maybe you want to embrace it, um, but you got to put in a little bit of work. So who, what are you now that you want to continue being, and what do you want to be that you might have to develop in the future? And basically, uh, we boiled it down to four different things um, and kind of decided, hey, if, if someone's going to fall in love with Fieldstone, if they walk in here on a Sunday morning, they've checked out our website, they've checked us out online, they walk in on a Sunday morning, and they decide to stay, it's probably going to be because of these four big things, these four values. And so I want to jump into that um, and just kind of ask, obviously, what are they, right? And, and, um, and just to warn you on the front end of this, 
one of one of kind of our unspoken values as we went through this process was why don't we just say it like it is right let's let's not worry about adding sugar and coming up with these really um, sexy phrases and 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 kind of wordsmithed and things that's just kind of not our vibe right so we just kind of like all right what let's define these things and let's just say it like it is so so we haven't spent a ton of time making these sound magical and sugary it just kind of is what it is so um, so the four values and then I'll and then I'll go back through them individually and with a little bit more detail um, value uh, one of the fields and values we are family focused number two we want it to be super friendly when you walk in number three uh, we want the teaching to be energetic and relevant, but doesn't sacrifice the difficult truth. And then number four, uh, we want things to be simple and balanced. Simple and balanced in our schedule, in our services, and in our theology. So family-focused, super-friendly when you walk in, teaching that is energetic and relevant, but doesn't sacrifice the truth, and simple and balanced. And so uh, let me just break those down real quickly. I'm trying to not make this be a, an hour and a half long podcast. Um, so family focused, right? We have, if, you've, if you're around Field Center, we have a ton of young families, which is awesome. Like that is, uh, I, I love the noise and the energy that kids bring. I love the noise, the energy, and the potential a family brings to anything, especially a church. Uh, families, young families, it is a focus. We're never going to apologize for that. And, and um, But you might be sitting out there thinking, depending on who you are and where you're listening to this, you, you might be saying, okay, well, that sounds great, but what about older couples? What about singles, singles of various ages? What about uh, couples who are married, but for whatever reason, God has uh, put them in a position where they, they just don't have a chance of kids, right? What, what about those other demographics? What about people in other seasons of life besides young families and little kids running around? Well, and of, of course we, we love each person in our church, right? All the different seasons of life, all the different demographics. Of course we want to serve each person and each type of family. But even bigger than that, when we think about people who aren't in that family stage, we say, hey, help us impact family trees, right? What, what about how can you serve your grandkids or someone else's grandkids? How can you serve your nieces and nephews or someone else's nieces and nephews, right? What about, what about the couples in this church who can't take a date night because they don't have someone to trust their kids with? What, what about the kids in our church who just need a mentor or a prayer warrior that's going to cover their young faith? What about the mom who shows up here and we have a chance to take her brain off of her screaming kid for like one hour and we have a chance to free up her mind and her soul to hear the gospel maybe for the first time? And so we say, hey, if, if your current season of life doesn't scream family, then help them fight for their family. That that other family, that young couple across the room, those people you see checking into our kids' ministry, those kids who are those people who are dropping off their teenagers at our student ministry. Help them fight for their family, and help us help them fight for their family. And so around here, we 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 are a multi generational church, which is fantastic. But we make no apologies. We are family. 
focused around here. And, and you see that in various ways. You, you'll see a huge emphasis on the next generation when it comes to our ministry investments. We have uh, we do worship together weekends where we, we shut down our kids' ministry and invite all the kids with all of their energy and all of their wiggles and all of their chit-chat into the, the uh, auditorium for the Sunday morning services. And we love it, right? And we find a way to incorporate them uh, so that families can worship together and so those kids can feel like they're a part of the church at large. And, um, and, and Sunday to Sunday, you're going to find that we don't mind the noise that's coming from the elementary room. In, in our auditorium, it's right on the other side of the wall. Um, and we try to manage <laughs> the amount of volume, the decibel level that's coming from here into there and from there into here. But we love that they're there and we love that they're having a great time learning. And so um, it's just that, that that family focus really plays out in some practical ways. So that's that's the first big value and one of the things that um, that's a huge deal around here. Second thing, uh, I already mentioned it. Super friendly when you walk in. This was one of those that we thought, man, do we do we wordsmith this and find a better way to say this in in two or three words? We we're like, no, that's what we want, right? We want we want somebody to walk in and feel like, hey, this is a really friendly place. And it's it's one of those values that I think is very much taken for granted sometimes, like. Of course, it's a ch- it's a church. Of course, it's friendly, right? But some of you have been around long enough, and you've been through the church search process, or you've been hurt in the past. You know that experiencing a friendly environment at church is not a given. It's sad. It's frustrating, but it's a reality, right? And so, I, I think that our team does a great job. Now, if I'm honest. Uh, this is one that I think slipped for us a bit coming through COVID, right? Just the mask thing and the hesitancy to approach people really put a damper. I, I think we're making a strong comeback when it comes to this value. Um, and honestly, our, our dream team, our connections team, those, those greeters, people like that, they do a great job. We just need more of them, right? So we, if you're listening out there and you're, you're not plugged in somewhere on our dream team, we would love your help, specifically on the connection team. Um, it's just and, and and in some ways we just need more of just average people being proactive throughout the building, right? Walking up to somebody, hey, I, hey, I don't think we've ever met. I saw you across the way. I saw you walk in. Forgive me if you've been coming for a while. I just uh, we haven't met. Would love to introduce myself. Blah blah blah. All that stuff. Like um, it is a, a big deal for someone to walk in and just feel welcomed. Just feel like it's a friendly place. Um, and as I said, I think it's been a strength of ours in the past. I think it, we've faltered a little bit through COVID and coming out the backside of COVID, uh, but definitely something that we're going to continue emphasizing well into the future when it comes to the things that we value and things that we want to be known for. Third one, our teaching is energetic and relevant, but it doesn't sacrifice the difficult truth, and that's an important aspect. We're going to get to that in a second. So let's talk about the energy and the, and the relevance part. Um, you don't have to go super deep into the New Testament whether it's the Gospels with Jesus' teaching or into the book of Acts to see people like Peter and Paul interacting, um, you're going to see that uh, how the Gospel and how truth was communicated in the early church. I, I think it's clear that they understood that the way you communicate impacts how a message is received. The way you communicate impacts how the message is received. And the language you use, the references you choose to use, the age level you're speaking to, it all impacts the way it's received by the people listening. Any message, any truth, it must be communicated in a way that's both understandable and convicting. 
and it has to be in a way that values the needs of the listener above the desires of the speaker. Let me say that again. When you're communicating something true, and we do this here, we, we try to process this fact, truth has to be communicated in a way that values the needs of the listener above the desires of the speaker. That's why uh, most Sundays around here, we try to keep our talks, our sermons, under 30 minutes. That's why we try to incorporate new songs, right? Because uh, culture moves fast. Musical styles move fast. There are brilliant, amazing new songs being written every day. We try to incorporate new stuff. That's why, and I have to work hard at this one, right? I try not to reference like an 80s Stallone movie every week, <laughs> right? Because that's that's what I grew up on. That, those are the movies that excite me. Those are the movies that come to mind when I'm trying to think of an illustration for a point to, to, to bring a verse into practical life. Like, my mind goes to Karate Kid. <laughs> my mind goes to Rocky. My mind goes to Rambo. My mind goes to... Uh, Braveheart, right? All these great movies of the 80s and 90s. And yet so many of our people, because we're multi-generational, because we want to emphasize those young families and the next generation, I can't reference 30-year-old movies every week. I can't reference a 40-year-old TV show, right? I, I remember doing junior high ministry back in the early 2000s. And uh, I guess it was maybe a little bit after that, maybe 05, 06. And in the middle of a talk, I referenced the OJ trial. Like, of course, everyone remembers O.J. Simpson, right? And these kids are looking back at me like, who's O.J. Simpson, right? He did what to his his wife and, and this other? Like, they had no clue, right? And the, the whole thing fell flat because I was like, oh, man. I'm, I was like, you know, 27 years old and too old for the junior hires. But, and, but it's a constant struggle. And, but, but because the relevance is a value, and because being energetic about it is a value, you got, we, we try to work hard to, to keep things fresh. However, in the midst of that pursuit, energy and relevance cannot be pursued in a way that devalues the actual truth we're trying to communicate. We don't want to dance around the truth. We don't want to dance around what the Bible is actually saying, whether it's convicting us something of something or encouraging us towards something or reminding us of something, whatever that is. The energy and the relevance can't get in the way of what the truth is that we're trying to communicate, right? Energy and relevance are a way of effectively communicating the truth, not watering down the truth. We have to recognize ultimately whatever creative thing we do, whatever illustration we use, whatever story I might tell, whatever movie I might reference, ultimately it's God that does the work. That's why some weeks we'll take time and just hit the straight gospel, right? We'll just tell people who Jesus is and what he did, not much extra else. And, and I've taken weeks to hit tough topics, right? We want to make sure people hear the truth and there's more of that to come. That's why our elder team keeps an extra eye on what we're teaching and how the verses are being used. Make sure we're handling doctrine correctly, right? It's a huge deal. We want to be energetic, right? I want, I want it to be fun to be here. I, I want the teaching to be relevant, whether it's me or, or Joe teaching, or one of our volunteers, or a guest. But at the same time, those things cannot supersede the truth that's being communicated. So that value, teaching is energetic and relevant, but doesn't sacrifice the difficult truth. Uh, that's been a huge deal around here over the years and will continue to be. And then finally, our fourth value. We're getting close to the end. Not sure if your commute is wrapping up or if you're finishing up dinner or whatever that is uh, for you as you listen to this. But the fourth value, simplicity and balance. Simplicity and balance in our schedule, 
in our services and in our theology. I think sometimes people, I think sometimes families, I think sometimes churches add so much and they do so much and they incorporate so much and they plan so much and they fill so much time and spend so much money and they build and create so much stuff and they emphasize certain beliefs and traditions and people and stuff and in the end, all that stuff ends up stealing the credit for what God did. I'll give you an example, right? I'm sure you've heard this. Maybe you've said this. I've said some of these things, right? Right? Well, that church is doing great. Well, if we had that building, we'd be doing great too, right? We've said, we've, we've said those things. If we had the money to invest in that many ministries, we'd be doing that well too. Well, their success is all built on the charisma of the one preacher, right? It's all about their personality. Yeah, but... It, look at all the lights they use and the smoke and the LED screen, right? I'm not saying any of these things are bad. Lots of options is not bad. Lights are not bad. Personality is not bad. What I'm saying is when you venture too far away from simple, when you get imbalanced as a ministry, it's very easy for the extra stuff to distract us and ultimately steal God's credit for what he's doing in a place like this, within a ministry, within a family. And honestly, guys, beyond that, simplicity and balance, those are biblical concepts, and those things are sustainable. Right? Jesus brilliantly lived this out for us. He, he, he found that amazing, not just balance, but perfect mixture, perfect fullness of truth and grace, where he's saying, hey, I don't condemn you, by the way, go and sin no more. Right? Greatest commandment. Took, took the entire Old Testament law, took everything that he was trying to communicate and boiled it down to, hey, love God, love people. Right? How, how, do you, how do you boil down 600 Old Testament laws? And how do you boil down all the different traditions and truths of Scripture and everything that people piled on top and boil it down to, to two sentences? And yet Jesus did it. He simplified it in such a perfect way and balanced everything in such a perfect way. This, his activity and his rest, his serving and sacrifice and his time alone with God just so brilliantly modeled this idea of simplicity and balance in our lives, in our families, in our churches. And then compare all of that, compare what he modeled for us with our normal pace of life in 2022. We're talking about extremes. We're talking about being polarized. We're talking about being overly complex. We're talking about go, 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 and then go some more. And so what we've decided is something that we want to value here and emphasize here and, and something we want to be known for here is simplicity and balance. And, and this plays out in a lot of different ways. It plays out in our teaching, right? We, we attempt to challenge or at least provide resources for those who need a bigger push but also boil it down to the simple truths for those who are just starting out. You know what I mean? It's, it's making sure that the non-negotiable truths are being communicated and held on to strong, and yet making sure that we're extending open arms to those who struggle to live them out, right? which is all of us, that truth and grace balance. We, we try to do this in our services, right? We're, we're ready to care for you and for your family, but we're also ready to ask you to help. And, and, and we want to respect some people's desire to kind of check things out and, and sneak in and sit in the dark for a little bit and kind of get acclimated at their own pace. But 
We want to make it easy and obvious what they should do next, right? No red tape, no confusion. Here's your next step as part of our church. We try to, we try to find this simplicity and balance in our ministries and in our organizational practices. It's things like um, adapting our building to make sure it helps with the mission, but not overextending ourselves, chasing wants over needs, right? It's, it's being fully invested in a few things, a few events, in, in a, a few options instead of throwing pennies at a ton of things. It means planning ahead, but also allowing for freedom in the moment. It means schedules that allow for our staff and our volunteers and allows them to serve without burnout. And some of you have experienced burnout in the past. It is no funny. You, you, you walk away going, how come serving God is so hard? <laughs> right? How come serving God makes me feel so miserable? It's not supposed to be that way. Certainly there are seasons that, that are tiring, right? And you have to put forth a little bit more effort, whether it's from a staff level or a volunteer level. But, but there shouldn't be. It, we need to find enough simplicity and enough balance in the things that we do uh, that people experience a life-giving um, service experience. So um, as I said, th- those are the four things. Um, and, and you'll probably hear them from time to time. We don't talk about them as much as our mission. Uh, that comes up quite a bit more. We try to reference our values at different points, even if it's during application points of talks. But, um, but like I said, we, we want to be a church that's known for being family-focused. We want to be a church that's known for being super friendly when you walk in. We want to be a church that's known for teaching that is energetic and relevant but doesn't sacrifice the truth. And we want to be a church that's known for being simple and balanced. And, uh, and so that's who we are. That's, that's who we strive to be. And again, prayer, of course, is a value around here. And worship, of course, is a value around here. But that's church stuff, right? That, every church should value those things, or you need to go back to the drawing board, in my opinion. Um, some, some things I want to recommend real quick. Um, we've spent way more time on each of these things over the last couple of years. And so if you're newer to Fieldstone or if you just need a refresher, um, I want to encourage you to go check out a couple things. Get your pen and paper ready or come back to this when you have a chance to write these down. Um, just this past August, August 14 and 21, we spent two weeks on our mission, both the family tree thing and our mission as part of the church, the the Great Commission, the Great Commandment, that kind of stuff. That was from August 14 and 21, just a few weeks ago. Um, And then I want to encourage you, go back to September of 2021. We did a series called Reset, and we talked about our family tree mission. We talked about what, what it means to get small, what it means to get away, and we talked about what we mean when we say life giving because that's a phrase that we use around here quite a bit. That was from uh, a a series called Reset from September 2021. And then after that, go back to August of 2020 for a series called Fieldstone 101. And that's when we first introduced these values and devoted a talk uh, to each one of those, spent 20 or 25 minutes talking about each of those values. So if you're looking for a little bit more detail um, and description on um, those Fieldstone family values, uh, definitely go check that out. Thanks for checking in. I uh, wanted to throw this podcast out because I know this past Sunday was a little bit different with a Roots interview and celebrating our five-year birthday. Honestly, guys, what uh, I don't know how I'm going to feel once we hit 10, 20, 25 years of this place uh, because five years is already messing with me quite a bit. It has flown by. It has been, um, honestly, I've, I've said this before to different people. But for Kathy and I both, and and um, I think I speak for Joe and, and our other uh, leaders as well, it feels like 
um, we are serving uh, in the exact right place at the exact right time in the exact right way. And when those things all come together, the joy that comes from work, the joy that comes from serving um, is, uh, is, is pretty remarkable. And so I'm thankful to be a part of it, thankful that God continues to do things that only he can take credit for. Um, uh, I don't know how well you know me. Uh, if you knew me really well, you know uh, I'm not uh, capable of, of what's happening here. And so I, I'm so thankful that God is letting us come along for the ride. Um, and, and I'd love for you to discover that place for yourself too, whether, you know, whether it's church stuff or work stuff or family stuff. And so we're going to be kicking off a series this next Sunday called What You Really Want. Um, and just kind of exploring that tension of the things we chase and where those take us uh, and the things that we should chase and, and where God will take us if we, if we do things his way. So uh, looking forward to that. Ho- hopefully we'll see you this coming Sunday and, and then the Sundays into the future. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. See ya.